Hello and welcome to Sabbath School Quarterly Commentary. This is your Pure Gold Commentary Podcast. And as the name suggests, this is a commentary. It's not a study guide. So grab your study guide if you're not driving or running while listening to us. My name is Morgan Vincent. And in this week's episode, we are discussing the the topic and the theme of Christ's victory over death. And I guess in the last few weeks, we've been looking at the, the, the unfolding of the gospel message. And today, uh, I'm joined by not just one person, but two people. Uh, joining us today, we've got Taryn Greenwood and Michael Chapman, a.k.a. Chapo, as he is better known to everyone. So, guys, welcome. Thanks Thank for joining. You. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. us. Um, so, yeah, no one really ever refers to you as Michael. Never. It's just Chapo. That's right. Do you get letters in the mail that just say Chapo? No. Okay. But so. I wish I did. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Um, hey, look, I think a good place to start is in this first text uh, that, that kind of sets the foundation for where we'll go today. And it's there in Revelation. And John, the disciple um, who lived with Jesus, walked with Jesus, um, he writes and, and he says this in, in, in verse 17 and 18 of, of Revelation 1. He says, when I saw him, I fell down at his feet like a dead man. And he put his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I'm the one who lives. I was dead, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And, and this is what we want to focus in on. And I hold the keys to death and to the place of the dead. Now, John, he's writing and, you know, I, I think initially Taryn and, and, and Chapo, it's amazing that Jesus again repeats, do not be afraid. Like it's this, this continual you know, uh, message time again, don't be afraid. Remember what he's just seen though. He's seen this incredibly glorious figure amongst the lampstands and, and Jesus is presented as like this almost like gladiator, warrior type character with a sword that comes out of his mouth and eyes like fire and this powerful, powerful figure. So you can imagine the fear that John would have had seeing this figure in vision, but the message is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I am a conqueror, but I'm a conqueror on behalf of my people. Mm. And and he's seen Jesus here, the the the, the ris- crucified and risen Jesus. He's seen as holding, um, and, and I like that image of of holding, uh, holding these keys to death and to the place of the dead. Um, for us, for our listeners, what what would this mean that John here is seeing Jesus holding the keys? To the dead, to the death, and to the place of the dead. Yeah, well, obviously, like keys represent ownership, right? Mm-hmm. When you have the keys to your car, you own the car. When you have the yep. keys to your house, you own the house. Um, but it also, like, with ownership comes um, the ability to invite in, if that makes sense. Like, okay. so because he has the keys, like he is the one who now um, has the power and ownership over who comes and goes in that space. Um, and so I think with that comes the promise that, hey, not just have I conquered death for myself, but now I have conquered death for you as well. Um, and that's not a place where you have to um, be afraid of anymore um, because on your behalf, like I have won this victory and I am inviting all to come out from that as well. Mm. In Revelation 20, where it talks about the last great enemy of God to be thrown into the lake of fire and be destroyed forever is death itself. So death gets annihilated. But up until that point, and even up until the point when Jesus was resurrected, death was always this thing that you cannot break. 
Yeah. And the like, like my mum has passed away and she is in a grave and I go and visit that grave, but it, it's locked. Like it's sealed. There's no, I don't have a key to unlock that. And death has always been this final reality that we can, we can reverse so many things, but death is just this stronghold of an enemy that cannot be broken. But then Jesus broke it. Mm. And because he broke it, he says, I have the keys to unlock it now. I went there and I came back and I brought the keys with me so that my people can look forward to something better. Even though they fall asleep, they won't stay asleep because yeah. I can unlock it. I think it's such mm. an awesome picture of this conquering Jesus who he holds the keys. Mm. You said there, Chapo, you know, you know, for those that have fallen asleep, but they won't stay asleep. And, and that's, you know, we've been unpacking this, you know, in, in our previous weeks of, of this gospel message is that, you know, as soon as, you know, sin entered the world and death through sin, you know, Jesus, you know, almost immediately, or immediately, you know, puts in place this plan of, of redemption and meets humanity at, at their place of need. And so too, you're right, because death, it certainly was not a part of God's plan. And for Jesus, you know, prior to his, 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 res- his, you know, death and resurrection performs the miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead, mm. you know, is there declaring, I am the resurrection and the life. And through him now being raised from the dead, like you just try and imagine what it would have been like, you know, to see Jesus coming out of that grave and you, you're like, this is the person who said, I am the resurrection yeah. and the life. And also the person we saw die. We saw him crucified. We saw the moment that, that life left his body and he mm. went limp, but yeah. now he's living again. Yeah. So this- It's, it's amazing because that, that story in John chapter 11 is such a foundational, like- part of Jesus's ministry and his mm. victory over death. But you see that conversation with Martha where she, she says, Jesus says, Oh, don't you know about the resurrection? He says, yes, I know about the resurrection. It's going to happen, you know, in the final day, like it's coming, but I want something to happen now. And then Jesus resurrects Lazarus. And essentially the idea is where Jesus is, there is life. Where yeah. Jesus is, there is resurrection. And that's such a cool Yeah. And that just plays into um, Paul, like with the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15 or whatever, when he says, look, we don't have to grieve like those who don't have any hope. Like we have hope of the resurrection. We have seen um, that resurrection play out in the life of Jesus, in the life of Lazarus. um, And we know for certain that that resurrection is coming one day. And so, yes, we can grieve because obviously these people aren't with us in the present, but we don't grieve without hope because Mm, there is hope. Um, because Jesus holds those keys, um, and it wasn't just a f- future um, hope, but it's a reality. Mm. Yeah, I think I think it was D.L. Moody. It was one of it's some old preacher, and there's a story about his life where when he was a young man and he had to preach at his first funeral ever, and he's like, "What am I going to do? What am I going to say?" Because the first, like you guys have done funerals before, right? As ministers, yeah, I remember my first. I was like, "It's terrifying," because oh. because you can't rely on cracking a joke to lighten the mood or anything like that. It's, it's just serious. You've got to get the names right. People are mourning. It's, it's a really challenging thing. So he was going to take his first funeral. He's like, what am I going to say? So I was like, well, I'm going to look at the Bible. I'll see what Jesus did when he was at a funeral. But Jesus never went to a funeral. He interrupted them all with resurrection. Like, yeah, like every, yeah. every morning scene that there is of people grieving, he turns that grief into joy. So, and that's just that picture that we get when Jesus returns again all of the morning will be turned into joy again. There'll, there'll be no more, no more death. Mm, it's good. Yeah. The, I just love the image of, of Jesus reversing it. Yeah. You know, and so 
So, you know, Jesus, he's, uh, and look, we, we could talk about this because, um, and, and rightfully so, we can look forward to, to the second coming of Jesus where, you know, there's the resurrection of, of you know, those who have died in Christ. Um, but that first has to be anchored in the, the resurrection of Jesus, you know, and, and this hope and, and the, 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 you know, we, we speak of a historical Jesus who lived and who died, but who also rose again. And, and that's, that's the gospel message. It's not just that he lived. It's not just that he lived and died. Because if that's all he did, well, then our faith is useless. It's futile. Paul says, yeah. But the gospel message is that he lived, he died, he rose again, and he's now seated at the right hand of God. Like it's he he's completed this. Yeah. And so, want to we want to touch now on on those who witnessed the resurrection of Jesus because it probably didn't go according to the script of maybe who should have witness Jesus being raised from the dead or, you know, in accordance with, yeah, first century society. So going to yeah. go to you on this, Chapo. Sure. Look, that, and that, I think that's a testament to the whole ministry of Jesus where he went to the things that were considered foolish and wise, and unwise of his time to do, to do wonderful things. And that happened time and time again. But um, you see the, the first people who, who were witness to a resurrected Christ, they weren't Jewish men. There was Roman men, and then there was Jewish women, people who were not considered, at least in the Jewish mindset, of people who had a worthy testimony, who were reliable sources or anything like that. And in doing that, totally opened the door for what was coming in the New Testament church, that his resurrection, that his ministry was going to level the playing field. Because now everyone needs the same amount of Jesus's atoning sacrifice to, to, to cleanse us regardless of what your background is or what your gender is or anything like that. And it's such a cool idea. Mm. You know, because for the thing I love about, um, about what you just said is that Mary, you, you follow it through in kind of the, the closing scenes of Jesus life on earth. She just can't stay away from Jesus. You know, she's there, she's doing at times awkward things such as anointing, you know, his feet. So it's, and, and it's like, she just keeps popping up. Like she's there at the cross. She's, she's there at the tomb. Like she just can't stay away from, from Jesus. And, and because she has come to realize that Jesus is the resurrection, the life, you know, and, and, you know, John to pull in another text, John summarizes it well in, in, in first John five, where he says, he who has the son has life. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just so simple. Like if you have Jesus, you have life. And if you have life, you're also realizing that Jesus has conquered death. He, he's got the keys. The one who is alive has yeah, the keys. But she still went to the tomb expecting him to be dead. Like, that's it. Like, she, she went expecting death, um, but knowing that the hope of life was enough to keep her going, like, mm. was enough to, to still take her to that tomb and still, even if Jesus was like, even though she believed that Jesus was still dead, she still believed that he was the Messiah. She mm. still believed that, you know, there was eternal life waiting for her. That She still believed in the hope mm. of the future, even if she, he wasn't resurrected. Um, and then he comes through and he's resurrected. But, I, yeah, I just think. Yeah, and how prominent that she's the one who goes and announces to the rest of the disciples. Exactly. Who she was really close with that, yeah. that what he said 
has actually happened and he is alive. Yeah. Um, so huge. We can downplay the significance of, of mm. Mary as a biblical character, but like she, when you actually read the gospels and follow her story, she is a powerhouse in, in the ministry and team of what Jesus was doing. So mm. Yeah. Well, even going back to what you said before, Chapo, about how it was the Roman men and the Jewish women that were the ones to proclaim Jesus' resurrection. Like that is so countercultural to the Jewish traditions of the time. Um, and, you know, if anyone was expecting a legitimate um, source that would hold up in a court of law, it would be for the Jewish men to proclaim Jesus' resurrection. Um, and yet, because it wasn't them, it wasn't the disciples that had so-called collaborated the story and like yeah. come up with a plan. Um, the fact that it was like Roman men and Jewish women, people who no one would actually believe who had the same story, it made the resurrection that more credible, like that much more credible um, to the people. And for us today, we can look back and we can be like, okay, well, like, obviously they weren't lying. Um, yeah. So I think that's yeah. really cool. And has awesome allusions to the prophecy in Daniel chapter nine, mm. where, you know, the 70 weeks that were given mm. to the Jewish people to basically get their act together and be the people that God had called them to be, which was almost at expiration by the time that Jesus yeah. dies. And then at that point, the kingdom of God becomes anyone who believes in Jesus as opposed to yeah. being having to be born with Jewish heritage. It's such a, right from that point, right from Jesus' death, you get the taste of what's just about to happen. It's, and in thinking that through, you know, and another reason why the, you know, the religious leaders weren't there is because, well, one, they were plotting his death. Yeah. Two, you know, so like they, so misguided were they, were they in their expectations of Messiah, of the kingdom of God, that it's like, we, we, like we want this guy dead. So that's another point to add too, is that, you know, we, we, you know, looking at how, you know, our, our miscon, you know, to not have misconceptions about you know, who God is and who Christ is. Mm. Um, I want to touch on something now. We, we weren't there to witness Jesus being raised from the dead, but how, how can we in our lives today witness to the resurrection of Jesus? It's a little off script, but, mm. but I, I kind of want to go there to think, Hey, we weren't there. Like we weren't there seeing Jesus crucified. We weren't there seeing Jesus raised from the dead. But how can we witness to it in our life today and, and for our listeners today? You know, how, how can they witness and experience the, what it means that Jesus was raised from the dead? Well, the way that scripture tells us to be witnesses to Jesus' resurrection is to be baptized. Okay. That's, yeah, that's, that's how we partake in and publicly declare that we believe in a God who was resurrected and who will resurrect. Just like we go down in the water we and we rise to a new life as Jesus rose to a, a new life, we are also said, baptized into his death, which resulted in resurrection. So by being baptized, you're not only declaring, hey, I want a new life with Jesus. You're publicly saying, I believe in the God of resurrection. So that might not be where you were going with that, but that's the- That's where I was the, going, Chapo. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Read that's my what, mind. That's what Paul says. Yeah. yeah. And it, that's true, you know, for us to, to walk in that new life. Mm. Um, you know, as it says there in Romans six, you know, to, to walk in this new life with, with Jesus as well. So yeah, for, for, for our listeners too, you know, let that be something that, you know, we, we realize, Hey, look, sure we weren't there, but you know, we can still 
benefit from this gospel yeah. of Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection. And now it's secure. Like he, he's at the right hand of, of the father. Yeah. And, and like, as you're saying, like walk with Jesus, like the mm. fact that Jesus is alive and is like speaking to us and wants to replicate his character in us. Like we are the living Christ in this world um, for those around us to see mm. um, and to see the the character of Christ and the power that he still has um, on this earth today. So, yeah, like, yeah, being baptized, but it doesn't just stop there. Like mm. it's, fruit is a transformed character of our lives. Mm. And a life of hope, as you talked yeah. about before, you know, the, the verse that we love to cling to, First Thessalonians 4, mm. written to a grieving community that were saying, hey, Jesus was supposed to come back. We weren't supposed to die. And now our friends and people in our church is dying. What is going on? Paul's like, I have to address this. Yeah. You will die. There will be death, but you don't grieve like people who haven't experienced Jesus and the hope that he brings. We grieve, we're sad, we suffer, we feel pain, but we do it all through the lens of knowing that we will see Jesus come back and, and we will see resurrection. Mm. There's actually the, the, the uh, disciple Thomas, I want to just touch on briefly because, you know, he doesn't have the nickname Doubting Thomas for no reason. Mm. You know, he, he doubted, he's like, Hey, I've got to kind of, I've got to, I've got to touch and feel that this is actually happening before me. Um, and you know, some, some can doubt the resurrection of Jesus and, and, and people have different views and thoughts of, you know, a whole bunch of different things. Um, but would you guys be willing to die for a lie that you knew was a lie? And I think the answer is, well, no way. No, yeah, absolutely not. No. Yeah. And so the crazy thing about Thomas is that he goes from doubting. He, he has this experience with Jesus, sees him there resurrected. And then as, as, as Christian history would, would tell us, ends up in India mm. through, you know, through, through his, his, you know, his work, his life. And so it's like, hang on a minute, you know, Thomas is such a disciple that as well, you know, he, he was like, Hey, this, this is true. I'm all in for this. Like, and so for, for us too, you know, the Bible speaks of a blessing for those who haven't seen, but still believe for sure. Mm -hmm. And so for us, it's like, Hey, look, we weren't there. Like we didn't witness to that with our own eyes, but yet there's a blessing for us in believing, even though we haven't seen that unfold. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and let's just let's like, just do a work on behalf of Thomas, for goodness sake. Like, poor Thomas. He has one experience yeah. where he says, hey, I'm not sure about this. And then for the rest of Christian history, he's doubting Thomas. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you you, don't you'd call, almost say in believing Thomas. Yeah, you don't call Peter sinking Peter, you know? Like, he never got stuck with that one thing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, because yeah. then he, he went on to have tremendous faith. He just was, for a time where it's just like, this is hard to believe. And as if I'm not ever going to say that, you know what? Some of the things that I claim, are always the easiest thing to believe. Sometimes they're hard to believe. So, oh yeah, this is, this is real. This is, this is, and I've seen God work. So all this other stuff must be real as well. Like there's moments where this is a real thing and mm. um, he just needed a bit of time to process it. Yeah. So poor Tom, it's just a rant, but poor Thomas. Yeah. 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 So we're, we're, we're getting a picture that the resurrection of Jesus turned the tables of the universe around, you know, where, where death is no longer Permanent. Permanent. Yeah, it's still here, but yet it's 
it's like it's defeated. It's not yet destroyed. And the people that witnessed to the resurrection of Jesus weren't the people that you would have thought, but they were there and they witnessed to it. And, and, and really the, the beginning and almost the unfolding of, of the Christian church, the Christian movement, um, for us today, and you touched on it just before, Chapo, that there are times where where we can we can doubt, we can question, we can you know think things through, and and um, I want to preface it by saying I would say that's okay, and the reason I say that is even though we can have these times of 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 doubting and and wondering, we can still realize that the, the 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 historical fact the the truth of the matter is that Jesus lived he died he rose again like that 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 doesn't change thank goodness it doesn't it doesn't change and so yep um and this is this is what is so important for us you know this is that this is the beginning of of the christian faith the christian movement is it's it's built upon such people who witnessed to the resurrection of Jesus, um, you know, and, and, and sometimes we can talk about, you know, the, the major religions of the world and, you know, the little cliche thing of like, oh, if you go to all, all their tombs, like, you know, that tomb's occupied, that tomb's occupied, that tomb's occupied, but the tomb of Jesus isn't occupied. Like, but it's kind of cliche, but it's also, it's also true. True. Yeah. Um, and just the fact that we can have a relationship with Jesus still today, mm. like, Oh, I don't know if this is getting too far off topic, but like going Go back to it. your um, comments on like that it's okay to doubt. One of my favorite stories in scripture that really encourages me um, is of John the Baptist. Like when he is in prison, right? Um, he's just um, stood up for the truth and he's told Herod that what he's done with um, his brother's wife was not okay and he just got thrown into prison. Um, and he has been sitting in prison and he knows that his cousin Jesus is on this earth doing his ministry. Um, he's, and the, he's known that since he was still a fetus in himself, the womb. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and all the prophecies about how Jesus was here to set the captives free and to, um, you know, do all of the amazing things like let the lame walk again and the blind see and all of this sort of stuff. Like he knew that Jesus was here. Um, and even the prophecies of conquering death. And so mm. um, John is sitting in prison and knows these prophecies and knows that Jesus is just outside his prison walls. And he's like, well, why, why is that not happening for me? Like, mm. And so he asks the question of his disciples to go to Jesus and to say to Jesus, are you the coming one that I've been promised that the scriptures tell me about or do I look for another? And I think in that question we can see um, we can see his doubt. We can be like, we can see that, hey, John the Baptist had the same questions that we do sometimes, you know, when our life is not going the way that we thought it would, when we are in the middle of suffering and pain, that Jesus promised that we would go through and we would face in this world, the trials and tribulations. Um, but in those moments, we it's so hard to see outside those prison walls. And so John the Baptist sends his disciples to Jesus and says, hey, are you the coming one or do I look for another? And in that moment, Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus doesn't even reply to the disciples. He just goes about and continues healing and continues making other people's world change in that he heals the lame, he causes the blind to see and all of this stuff. And then he goes to the disciples and says, go back to John 
and tell them tell him everything that you have seen and heard today. Um, and I think that in in this story, we can have hope that hey, our doubts um, aren't necessarily um, wrong, like because all of us doubt. But what do we do with that? Mm. Well, we need to take it straight to Jesus ourselves. Um, and maybe the answer is that he doesn't change our situation, but he still proves himself faithful and still proves himself as God through what he's doing in the world, like around us. And so I think going back to this, that yeah, even though Thomas doubted, um, he went to Jesus with that. And he had the privilege of seeing Jesus face to face and have the privilege of like touching his hands. Um, and we don't necessarily have that, but we do have a resurrected Jesus. And we do have a God who still speaks to us um, through the spirit and through what's going on around us as well. And sometimes our own circumstances don't change, but he, um, he still proves himself as God. And I think, yeah, we can take hope um, and take courage in that. Yeah, yeah. That's what I have to say. It's good. No, that's good. And, uh, last, last time on this podcast, we spoke about, you know, the, the powerful statement, it is finished. And I think today the powerful statement really is he is risen. Yeah. And, and if we kind of, if we see those two as, you know, know two sides of the same coin, yeah. you know, th- this is it. Like he is risen. You know, Jesus is alive. You know, at the moment, probably the, the, the book I'm enjoying the most and, and the chapter within the book I'm enjoying the most is, is Revelation 1. And that's essentially the message. Jesus is alive. Yeah. Yep. The same Jesus that, you know, was, was, was doing this for, you know, three and a half years and lived for, you know, 30 years, um, he's alive. Yeah. And you, th- you think of Revelation 1 as well and the context that was written into a church that's just at the beginning mm. of severe persecution and that persecution is only going to increase. That's why you see Jesus presented as this conquering warrior figure holding the keys to death because he knows there a lot of them are about to die. They're about to be martyred for their faith. They're, they're going to be ripped apart by lions. They're going to be have swords thrown. No, it's, it's brutal. They're going to be burned to death. Like there's all this horrible stuff that's about to happen for people who say, I'm putting my hand up to say, I'm with Jesus and I'm on his team. So it's a message just like, there are things coming and there is death coming for you, but don't forget, I am the conqueror with the keys. Hmm. Like such a, yeah, awesome chapter. Revelation 1, love it. Yeah. Any final thoughts? This is a good place to end, but if there's final thoughts, any anything to kind of, yeah, pitch pitch to our listeners today. I'm loving it is finished and he is risen. I just think like, you know, we talk about this so almost nonchalantly, if that's even a word. Like, not that it isn't, but like the depth and the meaning and the hope that Jesus' resurrection gives us today is something that. I don't think we dwell on enough. Um, and so, I don't know, I've, I've been blessed just having this time to process and to think mm. um, on the fact that, yeah, like this world is not all that there is. And we walk around this world as a representative of the risen Christ to everyone around us. And with that, we are like examples of the power that Jesus has over death um, and the resurrection and the hope that that is to come. Um, so to actually, yeah, just to live our life in the knowledge of that hope and that resurrection is a powerful way to live. Mm. Yeah. I would just add to that idea of living in the hope that, you know, when Paul is about to die and he's talking to Timothy, 
he says that, you know, I know that the next thing that's going to happen for me is I'm going to receive the crown of life that, you know, when I arise, I'm going to receive the crown of life. But he says, not just for me, but for everyone who is looking forward to his appearing. In Second Peter, it says that in light of what's happening and, and when Jesus comes, we should live our lives full of hope. We should live our lives as holy and godly people who are looking forward to and hastening the coming of the Lord. So the resurrection is this huge part of what the second coming is all about. And it says we should walk now constantly looking up, longing for the return of Jesus. And that's the reality that we live in, believing that this is a real thing that's going to take place. That's where our hope is set. And that's where we put our focus, people who are longing and desperate to be with God. Yeah, Mm. It's true. Let's remember this and and so much more. And yeah, for, for our listeners today, thanks for joining. And yeah, that that you've been inspired and encouraged, and and that your faith has been strengthened. You know, I, we I just want to finish with this too. In a promise in Revelation that Jesus gives to the church is, you know, be faithful unto death, and I'll give you the crown of life. Yeah. You know, and and so yeah, we can continue to to be faithful to walk with Jesus. He is the resurrection. He's the life. And he who has the son has life. Um, he's rewrote history now mm. because of this. And so, Taryn, mm. Chapo, thanks for joining me. Thanks for the conversation we've had today. Pleasure. Thanks for having us. Yeah. And to our listeners, see you again next time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like the conversation, tell your friends. You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you are listening right now. Sabbath School Quarterly Commentary is a production of the Sabbath School Department of the North New South Wales Conference. This week's episode was produced by Henrique Felix and Morgan Vincent. That's it. We'll see you next week.